1: Welcome into a Monday edition of Spits and Suds on 105.3 The Fan. Thank you so much for joining us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday as we talk Dallas Stars and NHL hockey with you, the DFW Sports Fan. And a quick shout out to everyone who joined us at Boomer Jacks on Saturday afternoon. Several of you came up and talked hockey with me and I just I love it, you know, showing me pictures of uh, you know, guess which Dallas Star this is and stuff like that. It was great. So another Tolo asked me, are you a Boston university fan? And I knew where that was going. The Jake Ottinger reference. So, uh, thank you guys. Uh, I appreciate you listening and, uh, please spread the word because we want to create as much hockey content as we can here in DFW. And joining me is my NHL guru, Sean, uh, Shapiro on this Monday. How are you, my friend?
2: I'm good. I'm doing well. It's, uh, my, uh, my bait. I know this is a hockey podcast, but, uh, my baseball mood is slightly better. Obviously, I'm happy for all the Rangers fans who I'm yeah. sure crossover who signed my arguably my favorite baseball player of all time as a as both of, as a Mets fan but uh Justin Verland are going to the Mets. So I'm my baseball mood is a little bit better for my uh, my summer viewing after losing to Grom to the Rangers. But happy for you Rangers fans and uh <laughs> happy for the uh but also it's a it's a good month it's a good Monday to be talking about the stars where uh we're talking about it's kind of interesting, right, to be talking about a game. We'll be talking about what happened this weekend where it technically not a win, but didn't feel like it doesn't doesn't really feel like a losing Monday at the same time.
1: No, I mean, you know, you talk about like, you know, kind of say it now, it's like good point. You know, any 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 road mm-hmm. point is a good point, And then at home this would count as a a good point. So uh for reference, the Minnesota Wild got in um at about eight thirty PM coming off uh, uh they played Calgary in Minnesota. And so got to their hotel about nine. And for the first two periods, I really thought they had the better legs. I thought they were working the corners really well. I was really impressed with uh, big number 75, Ryan Reeves. Um, I-, I thought that fourth line was giving the Stars all kinds of fits. Reeves had two assists. And, you know, the Stars were five, uh, losing five to one, going into the third. They pulled Ottinger. Here comes, uh, sorry, four to one. Wedgwood comes in um an early tip that Wedgewood couldn't do anything about and all of a sudden it's five to one. I'm like, oh my goodness, you know? Um and I feel bad for the stars fans that left. I don't blame them for leaving. You know? Um and all of a sudden the comeback uh, began. What were your thoughts on this game, Sean?
2: Yeah, um on on one there's uh one thing I want to remind people as you talk about I believe it was I just had to look this up while you were talking about, because you brought up people leaving the game. There was a, there's a great moment. I don't know if people remember it. It was, uh, if anyone who is old enough to remember this, back on uh, October, back in 1995, there's a pretty famous Stars goal call of never leave a hockey game, where they win. They came back from, the I believe they were down 5-1 and came back in the third period to beat the Bruins 6-5. And, uh, it's just kind of, I always kind of, I remember just the call, the final goal call of that one is never leave a hockey game. So that's kind of the message that, uh, that, that was, uh, is being sent to the people who left in the third period. Obviously I feel bad for him, but it's just kind of funny. You bring up, it brought up memories of that from doing some research on that through stars history. But the other thing about stars history, this reminded me of a lot of just being the opponent and the nature of the comeback. And obviously they didn't win this game, but it reminded me a lot from Uh, october 2019 when the uh, stars were they were down they were down they were down uh three nothing and uh they scored six unanswered against minnesota to come back and win it was a game that everything was going really poorly things the team was struggling and it looked at that time where there was serious concern and legitimate concern about management and coaching. And it was kind of one of those games that kind of saved everyone and saved seasons and saved a job. And um, the stars didn't need this game to this job. No one's job was on the line or anything like this, but it just, it just kind of the opponent being Minnesota a furious comeback to get a point point and just it kind of brought back memories of that of there's it's kind of funny how history kind of ends up repeating itself and uh it's uh it's 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 funny to see that happen again against Minnesota and i didn't like that you know you, you want to get the second point but to get the first point and after the way you played and to rally the way they did in the third period it's uh you definitely it's definitely a uh What's the word here? It's definitely, it's, it's a moral victory, but it's a moral victory I can live with because once you accept that, okay, we messed up the first two periods and then you made up for it. I can live with that. And so I'm happy with it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I, I don't know from, I don't know if it was Minnesota had tired legs. I just think that once that first, the first goal in the comeback, but the second goal goal overall, it was just like, I felt like the stars just all of a sudden, like, all right, here we go. And just the sustained pressure in that Minnesota zone and that first line became absolutely unstoppable. And just, like, things that I wanted in the first 40 minutes were coming to fruition, um, just creating havoc in in front of Flurry. And, I mean, you know, to that point, he had played really, really well. And, you know, I'll say this about Ottinger. I mean, probably could have made some big saves, but I didn't think Ottinger was bad. Um, I just thought that Minnesota was you know, dominating in front of the net, winning in the corners, and uh, two of the goals were deflections.
0: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at eBayMotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
2: Yeah, I don't think Jake played poorly. I think this was more of a momentum. Yeah, more of a momentum thing. I think it, I don't blame. I don't. I don't have any fault with the poll. I think you could have kept a Jake in. I think you're also fine with how it worked out. Where obviously you do it for the change, and I think coaches. I think it's it's kind of it's something funny. Like it's I opened this podcast with a commentary on my on my baseball fandom, but I also think sometimes we overly um and we overly look at pulling the goalie as like, oh, it has to be complete failure. I sometimes wonder why um and I know why, it's because hockey history and culture have been built this way, but it I would love to see like some coach some team be willing to better look to look at starting goalies more like baseball pitchers, right? Like how many times, like sometimes if a baseball pitcher gets pulled, if a starting pitcher, especially in today's day and age, right? Like if they get pulled after the fifth inning, it's not that they're a failure. It's like, okay, well you gave us five good innings. You didn't, you gave us what we need and we can move on. It's not like you're a failure. And just, I always wondered why we don't get to a spot where coaches can treat starting goalies a little bit more like that, where, Hey, we're not saying that you were poor so bad that you were losing us the game, but yeah, you, you didn't really have it in the first period. We're going to go to the other guy and it's, it's okay. You'll still be back. And then like, I, I would love to see, I would love to see a coach be willing to embrace that philosophy with his goalies, because I think there's times where you could look at a goalie was like, you know what? He's not bad, but the other guy might be sharper tonight. Yeah. And so it's not, it's, but it's why not? It's treat goalies, like baseball pitches is where I'm going with this. Okay. And,
1: <laughs> As a former goalie, tell me this: I've always wondered, oh, and, and would it hurt the room overall? So, yeah, what would happen if you put Ottinger back in for the shootout or overtime?
2: Um, I don't think it would hurt. I don't think it would hurt the. I, I think the shootout one is definitely something I would consider. I wouldn't want a guy going cold, cold. into the uh, okay into in, into the overtime. I think over. I think there's kind of a there's an overall play from if, if the guy finishes regulation um, and go and take it, let it, let him, if he's made it through the end of regulation, let him have the overtime. But I do think that teams, if you have, if someone is a better, is better at a shootout, there's some goalies who are frankly better. Like Robin Leonard is someone who would even admit it that in Chicago and Vegas, Robin Leonard is terrible on shootouts. And he would even admit, admit that he was terrible on shootouts. Like if Robin Leonard was my goalie, and say he was healthy, obviously he's not, he's missing this season, but say he was healthy in Vegas, and you go to a shootout, as a coach, it would be the smart decision to put your other guy in, because no matter who they are, Leonard, you know, is self-admitted that he's bad at shootouts, and mentally has not not handled them well, and so why would you not go to the other guy? And so I I don't think I would do it for three-on-three, but if all of a sudden, like, you're looking at, if you were thinking, you know what, and maybe this is the situation, in the stars where you could have done it. You said, you know what? Hey, let's go to, let's go to Jake for the shootout because he's a better shootout goalie and he is a better shootout goalie. And so I think in this case, and I don't think it would have hurt the room. I think it's something where you would have easily as a coach, you say, I made my decision. I'm going to live with it. And you, you, you handle it and you have got a goalie coach for a reason to handle those things. And especially with this Dallas team, where you have Jake Ottinger knows his role. Scott Wedgwood knows his role. It's not like you, it's not like the old, it's not like you've got two guys who are considered quote unquote equal. And then that would be you indicating you're picking one or the other. Scott Wedgwood knows he's the backup. Scott Wedgwood knows he's the support man. Him being pulled for a shoot being putting Otinger back in the shootout isn't going to send a message that of anything we don't know where Jake Ottinger is going to be the number one guy come April and May and playing every night then.
1: Yeah and it kind of was lost in the shuffle that, you know, Jake yeah. did pitch a shutout the other day. Um yeah, yeah. but I mean I think we both agree that he has not yeah. looked as sharp, but I mean he was playing at such an elite level prior to the injury.
2: Yeah, and he's I mean he's still he's still good. He's still playing well. It's not it's not what he was doing before the injury and going back to the Calgary series. I mean, he's kind of I think regressed to a little bit of the norm. He went from a heater to the norm and it's just kind of avoiding the, you remember last year, there's a couple times where Jake did have some down stretches, and that's when Wedgewood played a little bit more. And mm-hmm. I think the key for um, Ottinger this year is to eliminate, to never let it become two bad games. That's, that's, I think, like you're allowed to have a bad game. You're allowed to have, have at this point in Jake Ottinger's progression, I'm okay if he has a bad game, but you don't want it to, you don't want him getting pulled the next game. And you don't want, you want, and so I, I'm okay with where Ottinger has been in his progression. I think he was a little bit ahead of time with his early season heater. And I think we're just kind of now seeing the natural evening out of it. And you just kind of, and we're going to learn more what baseline should be throughout the season for Ottinger. Um, And I'm fascinated to see how he responds to getting pulled. I think he's going to be, I think it's going to be something that he's going to respond well to mentally. And just, we're going to see what the play on the ice does.
1: 100%. He's got to play tomorrow night, right?
2: I would think so. The only reason I would guess the only reason I would even hedge a bet against it is just the fact that um, Pete DeBoer is a very uh, he likes playing on the emotional human connections with guys. That's why Scott Wedgwood played the game in Toronto. Um, So I don't that the only reason I would I would I would I would bet pretty heavily that Ottinger plays tomorrow. But the only reason I would even think is if Pete DeBoer's Mindset goes, hey, we're playing against Scott Wedgwood's childhood fan. I mean, obviously in Toronto was more of you're from there. And so the only reason is because he played Scott Wedgwood in Toronto would make me wonder, but that's it. But in general, I would expect Andre tomorrow.